0: Hello, friends. Welcome again to another episode of the Pilot Podcast. Jared Cornett, joined by my co-host Alan Murray, because Matt Hensley is uh, watching softball tonight. Apparently, so uh, it's football season. Alan, I don't know why he's watching softball, but how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, especially because it is football season. As a matter of fact, there's a game on right now on the West Coast for Monday Night Football, college football. I, I got it on too. Not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> College football has been absolutely insane this last week. Uh, My Panthers need to fire their
0: head coach. I football's football back, and I'm excited about it. Uh, Yes, I I went down to Austin, Texas, uh, which they they should never allow a game to kick off in September in Austin, Texas at 11 a.m. That should be absolutely illegal. But me and my oldest uh, went down to the game and uh, watched Alabama probably get away with one that they should have lost. Uh, But at the end of the day, all that counts is who has more points on the scoreboard. And Alabama did. And uh, the eyes of Texas were very sad that day, uh, is what we'll say. Uh, the, The Longhorn fans did not handle it very well. And I got to teach my son a very valuable life lesson. I leaned down to Andrew and I told him when the game ended, son, this is one of the best parts about college football. When you come into somebody else's house and they think they're going to win and you watch them walk with their heads held down, and we walked with our, held, our heads held up high. And uh, he started doing uh, Horns Down. I don't know where he learned that, but I said, let's not do that here. Uh, let's wait until we get back to the van, and then we can do that the whole way home. And we did. Uh, uh, and, and at Bucky's as well. But we're not here to talk about college football, though. We could talk about that all night, and I would be happily content with it. But this is not a college football podcast. This is the Potluck Podcast, where we talk about the Southern Baptist Convention, Southern Life, things like that. Big news out of the SBC yesterday, um, uh, Alan, is that Matt Carter, who planted Austin Stone a number of years ago and then went to go uh, help lead Sagemont as the senior pastor there in Houston, Texas, announced that he would be retiring as a senior pastor and would join the North American Mission Board and Send Network as a vice president of Mobilization Effective on October 1st, Vance Pittman said, I could not be more thankful to have a friend, uh, my friend Matt Carter, joining this team at Sin Network. He's a seasoned church planner with a shared passion for God's glory among the nations. I'm excited to co labor with him in the expansion of God's kingdom through a movement of churches, planting churches everywhere for everyone. Pittman said, Sin uh, Network also plans to announce. Other new initiatives and leaders in the coming months. This is a big get for it now, but we really need to talk about the way that it came about. Matt is a young guy. He's 48 years old. He's not been at Sagemont long. Maybe maybe two years. I think maybe two or three. He's, I've been to Plum Park. I know longer than he's been there. Uh, and Matt has had a, a litany of health issues. You can actually watch. He talks for about six minutes during his sermon yesterday. Um, he's had cancer twice, but he has got a heart disease uh, that results in a lot of plaque buildup. Uh, he actually said he had 90% blockage in his widowmaker, uh, which is very scary. And his doctor just said, basically, some things have got to change. And the stress of leading a large church and preaching week in and week out uh, was something that he just decided he needed to th- step away from. In fact, in the sermon, Alan, he said, you know, I pastor this church, but I have to pastor my family. Anybody can pastor this church, but only I can pastor my family. And I thought that was a... Uh, a very good word. So big get for the North American Mission Board. Sad for sad for Sagemont, but man, they am with Vance Pittman and, and Matt Carter. They've been really hiring some big names here to help lead out in church planning, haven't they?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely a, a mobilizing pastor, a very encouraging pastor. Um, I, I think I heard Matt Carter preach at the discipleship conference here in North Carolina. Uh, three or four years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. And um, definitely a, a great encouraging preacher. And, and kudos to him for wanting to take care of his family. Um, a lot of guys die in ministry because they put ministry before their own health and they put ministry before that of their family. Um, I would imagine VP at NAM may have some unique stresses as well, uh, depending on the day, depending on the week. Uh, but we pray our blessings uh, on the future of NAM and his former church and on Matt Carter.
0: Yeah, Matt will get to stay in Houston. They'll stay members of Sagemont. He says, and uh, he'll be to work from Houston. Uh, I got to imagine doing church planning for Nam. You really don't have to be based in Marietta because, well, we don't plant just in Marietta. We plant all over the place. And Houston has two very large airports, so he can get anywhere in quite a hurry if he needed to. Uh, and I think our other co-host Matt Hensley, if he were here, would tell you uh, that he is a big fan of Matt Carter. In fact. Matt Hensley ran against Matt Carter for uh, pastors, conference, pastor's conference president two years ago. And I don't think anybody was more encouraging to Matt Hensley than Matt Carter was, his his uh, opponent in the race. And I think Matt Carter was more relieved than anything that he didn't win. And Matt, Matt Hensley did. He had to put up with all the shenanigans. Uh, but, man, uh, prayers to Matt Carter. Hopefully he can get his help situated. I don't know what kind of treatment there is for his heart disease, but hopefully there's something out there. And hopefully, uh, maybe working for Kevin Azale is a little bit less stressful than uh, working for a bunch of church members. Because, well, Alan, as we know, um, ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. Right? Kidding to an extent on that. Uh, there,
1: there'd be no ministry without people.
0: There would be no ministry without people. Uh, and and but I, uh, I think this is
1: proof that pastors do work sometimes more than an hour a week. I'm not sure about mission strategists but pastors definitely work at least more than one hour week. I don't think
0: work at all, uh, from what I can gather. I say that as somebody who has an 8.37 a.m. tea time tomorrow, uh, but it should be noted that it is with a church member who invited me to go golfing with him. And it's a member I haven't visited with in a while, so I am looking forward to that. So that is, I'm doing my favorite visit. I'm going to visit the Greens, uh, which is one of my favorite people uh, to go visit. Well, that's not the only thing going on in the Cinematic Life. We uh, got some hotel information for SBC 23 that just released. Everybody's always looking forward to the annual meeting for one reason or another. And reservations for hotel rooms are going to open up at 8 a.m. Central Time, Alan, That'll be 9 o'clock Eastern, so you get the a little bit uh, later in the day for you. Uh, on Monday, October the 3rd, uh, Jonathan Howell, friend of the podcast, says, we want messengers, guests, and exhibitors to come out, out their budget as they plan for the 2023 annual meeting uh, in New Orleans, or in New Orleans. Uh, and uh, Bart Barber announced uh, the theme of the annual meeting, pointing uh, to 2 Corinthians 4-5. He said it'll be serving the Lord and serving others. Now, Alan, I, I clicked to look at the uh, – we'll put this in the show notes. Uh, I found this very interesting, uh, and you tell me what you think know about this. There are two convention hotels, the Sheraton New Orleans and the New Orleans Marriott. Uh, they're actually cheaper than Anaheim hotel, Convention Hotel, which is nice, but they're six blocks away from the convention center. And then there are hotels like the Hilton New Orleans Riverside which is adjacent to the conference center. Uh, so I just found that interesting. There's And there's several hotels, five blocks, four blocks, one block, two blocks uh, that are a lot closer than the convention hotels. I just found that kind of interesting. Usually the convention hotel is adjacent to the convention center, uh, but that's not the case this year.
1: Yeah, might need to spend some time on Google maps, but I really wish that you just let folks read that on their own because now <laughs> All of those cheaper hotels that are just a block away are going to be taken up. Uh, maybe maybe the convention center is really spread out and the entrance is six blocks down uh, and the hotels on the other. I don't know. I, I, the one time I went to New Orleans uh, was just a few years after Katrina, and uh, they still had not recovered at that point.
0: Mm, yeah. And
1: so I'm, I'm not sure, uh, but I will We'll say this. They'll probably be booked up really fast. All the ones that are cheap and all the ones that are close, they'll be booked up quick. So if you want to book a room, I would be sitting there uh, ready to go. I did that for um, for Birmingham, and they got snatched up pretty quick. Um, did Airbnb for Orlando in 2020, and that was the worst convention any of
0: us have never attended. So be prepared, 8 o'clock that morning. So, Eastern time. I always hear people complain about this. I have no insider information. I have no uh, in and uh, every year I have gotten the convention hotel. Uh, and the way I've done it is I've gotten on exactly when it was time. I've waited and I booked it. And uh, last year I had to get, I was on a wait list. I had to you know, check some stuff, but the next day I got the email confirmed that I was there with my first choice of hotel. So get on there. Maybe look at Google maps and all those. The great thing about, uh the website, spcannualmeeting.net, backslash hotels, or forward slash hotels, uh, it tells you the distance to the convention center, the room rate, uh, whether breakfast is provided or you have to pay for it, uh, and then information about parking. Uh, many of them have self-parking and valet parking uh, at an additional cost, of course. So if you're flying or renting a car, that's good information to have because you're not going to be just paying for the room. You're be paying to park your car and things of that nature new orleans i don't know where the convention center is in relation to downtown if it's close to downtown you may not need a rental car uh you might be able to just uber that's what anaheim was uh i just ubered from well over to the airport we had a rental car before that for vacation uh but um should uh that should be available so alan lord willing you'll be there
1: lord willing we're we're talking about it we're planning on it um I talked a couple of episodes back where we, we even looked at taking a train there. Uh, yep. That might be an option. Um, since, since talking about that, it seems that airfare is a little cheaper than the train, um, but there's a lot of stuff to factor in. So, but we're hoping to go Lord willing, Lord willing so with
0: our bacon and beans to fight well, the British in the town of New Orleans. God save the queen. Uh, okay. On to the next uh, topic here. Uh, Al Moeller had uh, an interesting weekend to say the least where Canon press, which, uh, is a ministry of Doug Wilson's Church in Moscow, Moscow, Idaho, Christ Church. It's their literature ministry. Uh, they also have a streaming platform called Canon Plus, and they took some of Al Mohler's content from some addresses at ETS, uh, the Evangelical Theological Society's annual meeting, and uploaded it. Uh, to their platform. <coughs> when Mueller was asked about it, he said that neither he or his staff had had any communication with Canon Plus. They had not granted any permission. And just an hour after Mueller's tweet there, Canon Press announced a special first month rate for subscribing with discount code MOLER uh, for that. Uh, they say that everything is legal and on the up and up for that. Uh, and Al, Al had a, Dr. Mueller rather had a pretty interesting tweet, didn't he, Allen?
1: He did. Uh, Dr.
0: Moeller is certainly a witty individual. He
1: tweeted evidently, a media platform has announced the release of some of my material. No communication with me or my staff. No material or no permission from me. Material is taken from my addresses to the Evangelical Theological Society. Take an aspirin. I'm not moving to Russia now or ever. Hashtag yet, which is no in Russian. And so I thought that was incredibly witty. Obviously, there is some banter coming from. Uh, Moscow, Idaho. Uh, of course, there's probably some banter coming from Moscow and Russia as well. Um, I, you know, they they say this was you know kind of public information because they were public addresses, but um, it's just not charitable. Uh, on the very basic level, I don't think is uh, people that are professing to be Christians to uh, not try to be charitable, but then to turn around and be petty. And have a discount code with moeller's last name, um but I appreciate the witness of dr. Moeller, and I'm relieved uh, in a lot of ways to know that uh, he's not being published willfully by canon press um as, as a Baptist, of course, I've got some concerns with uh, canon press and um yeah, a fun, fun week in southern Baptist life
0: and it was it was the folks, the folks of, of all life that were recently uh, comparing uh, the transgender movement to baptism by immersion. Was it not? Was it the same it, group?
1: It, I I think so. Um, I might have to verify that. I, I don't know, but I, I definitely saw the clip of that. Yeah. Um, that also was not very charitable or honest.
0: No. Uh, also a bit hypocritical to call Moeller woke and, and others woke as well. Uh, and, uh, to put them on your street, just very ironic that, you know, they come out of Mueller as being woke. Of course, Wilson wrote the book slavery, Southern slavery as it was, a 1996 book that challenged historical depictions of slavery in the South as largely false. He, in 2013, wrote another book called black and tan, uh, which talks about America's failure to lose slavery in a biblical fashion. So he's a bit of a controversial figure in a lot of different ways. And, uh, Well, uh, they don't get baptism right, so it is what it is. Uh, Alan, you want to take us into our Culture topic? Yeah,
1: this one was inspired by a trip to our local library today. Every time I go to the local library, they've got a set of books that are for sale. You can buy one book for a quarter, or you can buy eight books for a dollar. Uh, They really try to get rid of those, and I found four books today. I did not buy one of the books that inspired our topic today, but I saw a whole slew of Southern living cookbooks. (laughs) If if you live in the South and you have a grandmother, you have probably seen a Southern living cookbook, if not a whole series of cookbooks. Uh, They have been around since 1979. Uh, they have been releasing an annual recipe cookbook. That is a lot of Southern cooking. Uh, Jared, have you ever seen these Southern Living Cookbooks? Do you have a collection of them right next to your SBC annual meeting, annuals, and your Spurgeon Library? You've got Southern Living
0: Cookbooks. Um, I I do not have the Southern Living Cookbooks in my church office, nor in my house. But I have seen them because my grandmother had a whole slew of them growing up. I'm pretty sure she used them for recipes. I'm more of a modern man. I just smoke a bunch of meat, and uh, my wife does most of the sides. Uh, If I do cook a recipe, I just usually look it up online. Uh, So I I don't really have a need for a cookbook. Uh, But I've seen these my whole life growing up. I feel like they're a staple for grandmas in the South. Everybody's grandmother had one. And I think probably every grandmother out there looked at the – recipe as a reference, but probably added their own twist on it as well, as grandmothers are really good at doing. Uh, But, yeah, uh, I think this football game is crazy, Alan. I just can't not even say anything as we're watching this. But, uh, yeah, Southern Living cookbooks, I'm very familiar with them. Never used one. Have you ever used one for a recipe? Yeah, if if
1: memory serves me correct, uh, doing some cooking with my grandmother, I've used these. There's always inserts in Southern Living magazine, Uh, to subscribe from these and they've had different covers uh, colors down the spines that have the years on them Uh, and it's always looking at somebody who's got a collection of them you know you go back into the 70s and the 80s they're kind of faded over time Uh, and so it's always interesting to me to to see these I I love cookbooks you talked about not using cookbooks and having smoked meats uh, I've got a bunch of smoked meat cookbooks that I use. I uh, bought 53 pounds of Boston Butts today and 50 pounds of Lake Quarters uh, that I'll be cooking along with a venison ham uh, tomorrow evening into Wednesday morning. And, uh, How about the size your smoker? Uh, depending on the size, probably close to 24. Um, yeah. I just bought six today. Um, yeah. I can load up the full fit with a 24 point sermon and not think twice about it.
0: There you go well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Cannon Press hotels and uh, Matt Carter going to the North American Mission Board and Southern Southern Living Cookbooks. What more could you ask for in an episode of the Potluck Podcast? We hope you had your fill. We hope that you had your full. Uh, support NAM, don't subscribe to Cannon uh, Plus, and uh, make sure you get on, on October the 3rd at 8 a.m. and book a hotel, uh, preferably. Do not take a room from Alan or myself if you can help it. Go cook something southern this weekend. Use a cookbook. Don't use a cookbook. I don't care. Just cook something. And as always, as we say on the Pilot Podcast, join us next time. Stay Baptist time. Stay Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.